Good morning and welcome to this assembly. There's something I know about you at this moment before I even start with the sermon. You made a good choice to come here. Whatever your past life might be, whatever your level of experience or knowledge, a one-time visitor, a member here for the season, whatever your age, you made a good choice to come to this place. And now I'm going to ask you to make another good choice. Open your Bible, please. I saw people come in with a traditional paper Bible. There are phones and digital devices that contain the text of Scripture. We're going to make another good choice now by opening our Bibles, and we're going to begin in Ephesians chapter 2. In the New Testament, Ephesians chapter 2. First, I want to reference chapter 2, verse 1, where Paul needs to remind the Christians in Ephesus about their past before they became Christians. And his words are, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. Back then they were moving in the wrong direction. This is about their condition before they became Christians. They were walking the wrong way. They were following the course of the world. They were following the prince of the power of the air. Back in the stories of the Old Testament, there are many accounts of people who were moving in the wrong direction. Jonah moved in the wrong direction when God told him to preach to the people of Nineveh. He boarded a boat in the other direction. During the period of the judges in the Old Testament, whole generations of people moved in the wrong direction. Solomon moved in the wrong direction. His sons moved in the wrong direction. Paul is reminding the Christians in Ephesus that before they became Christians, they were moving in the wrong direction. And that takes me to my question for you and for me. Are we headed in the right direction? with all our might. Now to make that directly personal, are you headed in the right direction with absolutely the strongest effort that you are able to apply? That question should bring into view valuable focus on self-examination for every person in this building. I'm, I may know a lot of people who I believe are moving in the wrong direction. You may know a lot of people you could name immediately who are moving in the wrong direction. But first, it must be self-inquiry. Am I headed in the right direction? Are you headed in the right direction? Now, still in Ephesians. Still in Ephesians. When these people obeyed the gospel, confessing their faith in Christ, 
leading to repentance and baptism, what happened? They changed the direction of their lives. And this is well expressed by the Apostle Paul later in the Ephesian letter. I want to take us now to chapter 5 in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Concerning their new right direction, verse 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. And as to how they were to now walk as God's people, verse 15, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Before their obedient response to Christ, they were following the course of the world, but now, as Christians, redeemed by Christ, they were walking in love, walking as children of light, now accepting the obligation to look carefully how they were walking every day. Conversion out of sin to Christ is a change of direction. Have you changed your direction? And are you diligently and daily maintaining that change of direction? Can you say, my life was headed in the wrong direction, but I heard, believed, and obeyed the gospel, and I'm now moving and walking in the right direction to the best of my ability. As written in James 4 and verse 8, can you say, I'm drawing nearer to God? Are you headed in the right direction? I want to issue this warning for everyone to provoke self-inquiry. If you are moving in the wrong direction, there is a perilous element of risk that you need to be aware of and alert to and anticipate. If you're moving in the wrong direction, any next step on any next day or moment could be a terrible disaster. From a worldly perspective, it may seem like you're headed for great things. But what about your spiritual life, your relationship with God? If you're not moving in the right direction spiritually, any next step could be a terrible disaster any next moment. And without conversion to Christ and faithfulness to Him, there will come a day when the next moment will be eternal Disaster. Are you headed in the right direction? From Scripture, I want to take us further into this subject to put each of us in a position of honest self-examination. Number one, there is a right direction. We live in a time when diversity is celebrated, <clears throat> individual freedom is promoted, 
Individual freedom is promoted that is self-serving and worldly and fleshly. We are told that there is no absolute truth. We are told, do what you want to do, ignore consequences, live out whatever dream or desire you have without regard to the will of the maker. Live your life to gratify whatever impulse, whatever desire you have. There is no right way, we are told. Here's the problem. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Proverbs 14, 12. So, do I want to listen to the world's message? Do I want to do whatever I want to do without regard to consequence and without regard to the will of the Maker? Or do I want to live my life entirely according to the will of the Maker? Do you want to walk as you please, ignoring God's will, not knowing what your next step might be into that dark eternal pit? There is a right direction, graciously open to you and to me from the Creator. You are familiar with John 14, 6, You're very familiar with it because you heard it just a few minutes ago. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He didn't say, there are many different ways, churches on every corner. The yellow pages, when if you remember the yellow pages, used to have page and page of denomination. Do whatever you want. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. And that leads me to this. Christ made it possible for us to change direction. You're not locked in. I'm going to take us to Romans chapter 3, beginning at verse 23. Romans chapter 3. I'll begin at verse 23. God's justice as he observed the sin of man, required action. It required action by a sinless person to provide redemption for sinners. And so it reads this way, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because of His divine forbearance. He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Redemption for sinners, flowing from the forbearance and grace of God, making it possible for those living in sin to change direction. We were in Ephesians a minute ago. I want to go back there and listen again to 5, 1 and 2. Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us 
and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant and sacrifice to God. You don't have to walk off the cliff into eternal darkness. You don't have to wander off into all the garbage and mess of the world. Christ loved us and gave himself for us so that we can change direction with heaven as our ultimate destination. We ought to rejoice in that. I want to say that direction is more important than speed. Listen carefully. Direction is more important than speed. Discipleship and spiritual growth is not something you can accomplish before noon tomorrow. Peter said, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and to Him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. 2 Peter 3.18 I believe Paul was talking about growth in Philippians chapter 3 when he said, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And then he said, Hold true to what you have attained. Philippians 3, 14 to 16. Stay on course. Steady. Committed. Discipleship and growth is not something you can accomplish before noon tomorrow. It is a journey. Growth, development doesn't come at the same pace for everybody. Let me say to young Christians, don't compare your knowledge and skill to a seasoned Christian who is 80 plus years old. Start where you are and move on in a right direction. That's what they did long before they reached their 80s. Direction is more important than speed. When we talk about direction, God's Word is our GPS, perfectly telling us where we are and guiding us to the heavenly destination. In a moment, I'm going to read about that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, 16 or 17, but I have an illustration to lead into this. Paul and I were in deep east Texas a few years ago to attend a funeral. By the way, did you know you could fit the states of Vermont, Maryland, and New Jersey in East Texas? Don't try that. It's a big place. The GPS system on our phones got us right to the church building, and then we followed the procession out to the country cemetery. And we stayed around there talking to family and friends for a little while, and it didn't occur to us that the funeral procession would not lead us back into town. But we have phones with a GPS to lead us back, but the phones had no signal. So we're in the cemetery, everybody else is gone, and we're pulling out to a country road was a lovely afternoon to spend three hours driving in circles on farm-to-market roads in East Texas. 
God's GPS system always has signal. Are you connected? God's GPS system that we ask you to open when we started this morning never loses signal or power so long as you're connected to it. And therefore, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. We have a perfect source of guidance and direction to lead us, to govern us from the inside out when we read and study and we apply God's Word. We don't have to be lost. Are you headed in the right direction? Have you heard the story of an athlete who was called Wrong Way Regals? Wrong Way Regals. It was 1929, Georgia Tech played UCLA in the Rose Bowl. Roy Regals recovered a fumble for UCLA, but he lost his orientation and his direction in the action, and he ran 65 yards toward the wrong goal line. One of his teammates ran him down and tackled him just before he scored for the opposing team. At the half, UCLA was in the locker room demoralized, especially Roy Regals, devastated by his mistake. The team headed back onto the field except for Roy, and Roy was there on the bench in tears. Coach put his hand on Roy's shoulder and said, Roy, get up and go on back. The game is only half over. Roy got up, back in the game, and the fans saw him play hard and well. There are people who have been running in the wrong direction, but the game is not over. I would leave you with this, quoting Paul in Acts chapter 20 and verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and to give you the inheritance among all those who are sanctified. Let's be standing as we sing.